Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Meghan Markle sets the political rumour mill turning, Kate Middleton leaves William to fly solo, and the Prince of Wales still has his sights on America. I'm Jack Royston, Newsweek's Chief Royal Correspondent, and this is Newsweek's Royal Report. Hello listeners and welcome to the show. Diane Feinstein's death this week triggered some speculation and I must admit it was fairly wild speculation that Meghan might take on her Senate seat. This story began life in the Mail on Sunday which reported that phone lines were buzzing with just such rumours within minutes of Feinstein passing away. They quoted a major Democrat donor who said Meghan is definitely a long shot but in the craziness that is US politics these days it's not an impossibility. Crazier things have happened. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, was due to choose the successor uh, so to speak, uh, succession being an important theme of royalty, and for a brief moment, a small media frenzy descended on Meghan. I say brief because within hours, Newsom chose somebody else, uh, and that somebody was Lafonza Butler, the president of Emily's List. So, congratulations to her. Um, but now, uh, obviously, you would be forgiven for thinking this was a storm in a teacup. And in all honesty, you'd probably be right. But there's a reason why I want to talk about all this. And that's because the idea of Meghan going into politics is still clearly electrifying to some people. Uh, and there was a time when it even felt like it could have actually happened in some thought form. Maybe not the presidency. That's the big rumour that always goes around. And I've never actually thought that there was any uh, any truck in that at all. Um, however, it is it, it gets people excited. It gets people talking. Some people would clearly love it. But I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think it should happen. And in fact, it triggers one of my big recurring major concerns that I had up until about the beginning of this year. Um, So I still want to take a moment to talk about this and why I think actually it would have been terrible for the Democrats. Whether Meghan wanted it or not, and who knows, maybe she never wanted it. She might not in a million years have ever wanted to go near the Senate. Uh, She might well have known that it would be a complete feeding frenzy in which she would have been criticised constantly. But needless to say, here it is. Whether you love her or whether you loathe her, Meghan would have been an absolute gift to the Republicans. First of all, they would have started by just the beginning, they would have started by calling for her to be stripped of her titles by King Charles. And that would have been a nightmare for the royals. It would have been a nightmare for the British government for what that's worth. But it would also have been a nightmare for Meghan. They would have said that she's a princess of the United Kingdom. That's a title that has actually appeared on official documentation uh, attached to companies and organisations, charities that she's worked with in Britain. It's actually there on companies' house records in Britain, occupation, princess of the United Kingdom. 
So they would have said she remains a British government official who would be meddling in American politics. You know, she remains the Duchess of Sussex. She well, she doesn't use the title. She remains on paper Princess Henry of Wales. Uh, so not of Wales, but Princess Henry. Um, that's Harry's official name. We all call him Harry, but obviously he's, he's Princess Henry. So she does have a princess title. They would have said these are royal titles. She is a part of a a section of the British state. Uh, this is the exact argument, in fact, that Republican Senator Jason Smith put forward in 2020. And all that had happened then was Meghan made some fairly mild comments calling on American women to vote. She did that with a slight slant towards the Democrats because she did it for an organisation that Michelle Obama's involved with, or in fact created, called When All Women Vote. So it did have a slight political slant to it, and she made some kind of very subtle, veiled references to Trump and needing to change things and all the rest of it. Uh, however... A million miles from actually standing as a Democrat. If she did that, it would be the same argument times a thousand. But then you've got all of Harry's past scandals. You've got the drugs that he talks about in his book. You've got the Nazi uniform, which there's a picture of. You've got the naked billiards. Again, there's a picture of that. You've got an audio clip of him narrating in his own words how he got frostbite on his crown jewels. Uh, and that's just the beginning. And then you've got Meghan's family. You've got the Markles, who would be on Fox News 24 hours a day saying everything you care to say about her. In fact, uh, Samantha Markle is a Trump supporter. She she leans the other way. She leans right towards the Republicans. So she would absolutely be queuing up queuing up to try and rip Meghan to pieces. And then you've got Meghan's past scandals. You've got the bullying allegations. You've got the viral clip of her performing this like bad curtsy on the Netflix show, which offended lots of people. You've got numerous allegations from numerous call, call, corners of the world um, challenging whether she is, to put it politely, a reliable witness to her own life. To put it less politely, you've got the likes of Prince uh, Piers Morgan running around calling her Princess Pinocchio and saying she lies about everything. So that is just kind of the tip of the iceberg of what you can imagine being thrown at her before she's actually started doing the job. Then you've got any scandal that might break from her doing it badly, to her saying something wrong in an interview or making, getting something wrong, making some mistakes. So you've got all the kind of normal uh, cut and thrust of, of politics to, to play around with as well. Um, so you've got these ready-made attack lines just sitting there waiting in the wings for the Republicans to use. But the biggest reason, more than anything is that Harry and Meghan nuked themselves in December and January through Netflix, through that documentary, through Harry's memoir Spare. They collapsed in the polls and they've still not fully recovered from it. And the Democrats just can't afford to run the risk that Meghan does the same thing to them. The 2024 presidential election, that is where the action is. That is what they need to focus on. And with Meghan and Harry, there's already this risk that they damage progressive politics by making themselves poster boys and girls for the progressive cause and then just tanking that cause in the process through these kinds of unforced errors, like on like Meghan's mock curtsy that she did on the Netflix show. Complete unforced error. She's being interviewed by her own documentary filmmaker for a documentary that she was an executive producer of. Uh, you would have thought that if she had been able to recognise the PR implications of what she was doing, she could have pulled that clip out. For anyone who doesn't remember it, 
she told this story about how when she met the Queen for the first time, she had to curtsy, but she didn't know how. And she compared it to medieval times dinner and tournament. And she did this like big exaggerated curtsy, which led a number of people to feel that she was mocking British culture. So it turned into this big viral moment. And it was actually, it wound up being one of the big take-homes from the documentary and it obviously it was a negative one and it was a complete unforced error so if you bring her into the democrats if she has the capacity to do that same thing for them it's obviously going to be a nightmare then you have megan obviously she accused the royal family of discussing the possibility of denying their children prince and princess titles which she linked to concerns and conversations about the color of her children's skin now that was obviously it felt like at the time was a massively important debate the biggest most significant most important line from the entire Oprah Winfrey documentary. And it felt like it started a really important and urgent, necessary global conversation about racism. The only one slight problem is that a year and a half later, Harry turned around and said, that's not racism, it's unconscious bias. And a whole load of anti-racism campaigners turned around and said, "Uh, terribly sorry, but actually, unconscious bias is a type of racism. And... Obviously, it goes without saying that if a person were to be denied any kind of position or title, like, for example, denied a job in America tomorrow based on the fact of prejudice around the colour of their skin, no one progressive, no Democrat core voter, you know, proper Democrat voter would want that that employer, that institution to be able to turn around and say, oh, well, it's not racism, it's unconscious bias. So Meghan and Harry are completely unpredictable. You know, you're talking about if a couple can come and start a massive global conversation about racism only to then undermine it a year and a half later by saying it's not actually racism, then they, anything could happen if you bring them into the Democratic Party. And the Democrats just can't afford to play that kind of Russian roulette with the 2024 election. We still don't know whether Donald Trump is going to be the candidate for the Republicans, but if he is, the polls suggest that the election will be balanced on an absolute knife edge. And Trump hates Meghan. He's said so many times. So if they had brought Meghan on board to finish out Feinstein's term, it would have been total chaos. Trump would have started a culture war over Meghan every time she opened her mouth. And Meghan and Harry wouldn't even be able to complain about it because that's politics. You know, politicians all deal with it. Obama had an absolute belly full of, you know, real gutter politics. Trump obviously tried to get him kicked out of the White House on the basis, you know, by trying to argue that he wasn't born in America. So that is that is just a thin slice of what I can foresee being a problem now before the event has even taken place, then, you know, have it actually play out live for a year and those problems are all obviously going to multiply and amplify as, you know, real life plays out while she's doing the job. So I just think it's something that the Democrats can't go anywhere near and I can fully understand why Gavin Newsom picked somebody else. Like I said, it may well actually be that Meghan never wanted this to begin with, although I would just say that clearly there was a time when she did want into the world of politics because she did do some lobbying for the paid leave for all campaign and that involved calling around senators and trying to get people on board Um, So she clearly did at one point at least have some kind of ambitions in the general direction of the world of politics. And who knows, maybe she could still do something that falls short of running for elected office. 
maybe she could still do some more lobbying at some point in the future. But it's quite notable and interesting to me, I think, that she hasn't. That was kind of a flash in the pan. Obviously, she felt very strongly about Roe Roe v. Wade as well. But that is obviously very common among people who, you know, every every Democrat voting person, as well as every Democrat member, as well as every Democrat candidate, feels very strongly about Roe v. Wade for the most part. So it's not exactly a huge surprise that she does. It doesn't necessarily indicate to me that she still has a strong burning desire to get into the world of politics. I think she probably did want to do something political at one stage and maybe having taken it for a test drive actually maybe no longer does anymore. Um, But on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. Before I do, don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favourite shows. When I'm back, Kate Middleton chooses family over international travel. Ah. The comfort of your favourite seat is now your comfy car-selling command centre, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Kate Middleton will not be joining Prince William in Singapore in November. The Prince of Wales is taking his Earthshot Prize Climate Change Awards to Asia. This is obviously you know, his biggest event of the year, really. If you don't count the coronation, that was primarily about King Charles. So it's not like a William event. He played a massive part in it. Obviously, it's a massive deal for him. But if you're looking at just straightforward Prince William jobs, Prince William events, Earthshot is as big as it gets for him. Um, For those who don't know, this is a a climate change project of his. Uh, It gives out a little over $1.2 million to each of five winners, so that each of the five winners gets 1.2 mil. um, And every year, uh, and it's for five different categories, there's like different, you know, one is about reducing pollution and making the air cleaner, one is about the seas, one is about the forest, all that kind of thing. Um, And those prizes, they're for innovative solutions to the climate crisis, basically. So the idea really is to try and dig ourselves out of this awful hole that we've got ourselves into through technological solutions. Um, now, obviously, this would have been it would have been a major boost for Earthshot if Kate had been there, if she'd had her name on the team sheet, and therefore it would be it's a huge blow to her fans that she's not going. Obviously, climate change is a serious subject as well; it should be, but also having Kate on the red carpet um, would have been great. It would have added a kind of spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Uh, actually, it's the green carpets, as I recall, they often they often do. Um, but basically, what you'd have had it would have been a great fashion story as well as a great climate change story. And some people might feel that the fashion is detracting from the important message. But actually, I think that the important message goes down much easier if you have some incredibly glamorous pictures to look at while you're reading it. So that is why I think it is a disappointment that she's not going to be totally honest with you. However, Kate is not simply staying home because she doesn't fancy it. She will be in Windsor looking after their children. That's Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis. And George is apparently preparing for an exam. 
Um, it's quite early on in the school year for that, but doubtless they work the kids hard at Lambrook School. Um, Jay, George, Charlotte, and Louis all go to this very well-regarded independent school in Berkshire, where no doubt the expectations on the kids are very high. Certainly, the fees that they charge are very high, and I think those two things probably go hand in hand. Um, so that's what Kate's going to be doing. She'll be at home in Berkshire, looking after the children, providing George with that important emotional um, support while he gets ready for this test. Um, and I don't actually think the Wales is going to come in for too much criticism over this in terms of the kind of perpetual war between the Sussexes and the Waleses and their fans, probably mainly their fans. Um, Kate and William are unlikely to come in for too much criticism just because obviously Meghan didn't go with Harry to Singapore when he had a polo match there. Um, so that was for his charity, Centre Bali. Um, so if they're, if Megan's not going to go with Harry, then Harry and Megan supporters probably won't really be able to have a massive go at Kate for not going with William. Um, but this is obviously a bigger deal, um, Earthshot is, and it would have been great to see Kate there. I think she would have lifted everybody's, you know, in, when I say everybody, I mean journalists copy. Like, to be honest with you, that's, that is what it's about. Part of the way that Earthshot gets the message out is by generating lots of news stories. And so having Kate there does actually help the central message arrive with the people who need to enact change. You know, part of it is about finding these specific projects and funding them with these grants, with these grants. But it's also about making sure that important message about climate change stays on everybody's agendas and a little bit more about that. But first, just to talk to you a little bit about some of the finalists. So um, this all comes on the back of Prince William's visit to New York in September, and that was where he announced this year's finalists. Um, So I want to pick out a couple of projects that could be in line to win. There's a scheme called GRST from Hong Kong, which is about recycling lithium batteries, which are needed in electric vehicles. So it would basically make electric vehicles more even more environmentally friendly. And on the same theme, there's a UK project too, which makes tyres for electric vehicles that are more sustainable. So there's this whole debate surrounding EVs about whether some of the benefits of switching from petrol to electric cars is undermined by the fact that the vehicles are so much heavier that um, actually the tyre pollution sorry produced is greater so in other words they generate more particulate matter which could potentially be harmful to humans some scientists fear it could be carcinogenic i understand the research is fairly early on but this is kind of what i mean about williams project having this secondary purpose which is about spreading the message so i for what it's worth not that long ago was having this whole discussion with Uh, my local mechanic who I've been going to for years and years and now I have a hybrid and so that means there's some things that he can't do because he doesn't have the systems to to kind of get into all and read all of the electric equipment Um, and so he was telling me that he's he's not into electric cars um in part because he thinks he he believes this argument about them being heavier therefore they produce more particular matter anyway but if the fact that William is finding and shining a spotlight on potential solutions to some of these problems around EVs is part of what, at a really important time, could help people to actually get on board and back 
electric vehicles as a possible solution so that actually the previous project i mentioned from hong kong is is a similar thing like the other one of the other big arguments against evs that i hear from people who are um, very into solving climate change is that you know the use of lithium batteries could become a real issue it's a, lithium is obviously a scarce resource and some people even worry that it could produce it could fuel lithium wars in the future because people will need to get this incredibly valuable metal so you know just two projects that kind of help with the rhetorical message that you can jump on board with um you know environmentally friendly technological developments now you know some people who aren't on the team uh, might actually not everybody is big on williams project some people might well feel that we can't simply get our way out of this with technology and therefore they might be opposed to all of this stuff but i personally think it's good um to give you another example elsewhere there is a there are solar powered dryers that help farmers to preserve their crops so if you imagine your farmer produces loads and loads of crops but can't sell them all one year and they're at risk of going to waste as a result. There is a huge amount of food waste produced in this way. Uh, these solar-powered dryers are a cheap and environmentally friendly way that they can then preserve their crops so that there's less waste. Uh, another one is like a seaweed-based feed for cows so that they produce less methane, which is uh, actually really important if you like steak because that's the big argument. You know, people say that steak is environmentally mentally unfriendly which is because of the methane produced by the cows and honestly i think the cows are going to like this say what you want about global warming but they are going to be way more comfortable if they are not bloated with methane so you know just another little silver lining on some of these projects and in summary this is going to be a big date in william's diary it's going to be a really glamorous occasion even without kate's it will be for a very good cause and will hopefully contribute to some progress on what is a very important issue. It would have been even more glamorous if Kate had sprinkled some royal fairy dust over it, but never mind. I'm going to take one more quick break, but before I do, a reminder to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jack underscore Royston. You will find all my latest stories for Newsweek. When I'm back, William's ambitions in America may not have ended with his recent visit. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. Prince William and Kate's charity, the Royal Foundation, has applied to trademark its name in America. This happened as recently as May and it's tempting to think they may have big things planned for the US. Obviously this application it comes just uh, more than a year or less than a year after they visited Boston for the Earthshot Prize last November. Also, it comes about a month after Prince William's recent visit to New York. So, sandwiched in between the two, you've got to remember the New York visit was originally planned for last year, so it doesn't feel like this trademark application was tailored to the fact that he was visiting America with Earthshot, and I think that's also backed up by the fact that one interesting aspect of it 
is that it covers activities related to mental health charity work, which isn't really what Earthshot is primarily about. So during William's New York visit last month, he did stop into the Ten House fire, fire Station to talk about first responder mental health. So I think he may well have some big future plans in this area that focus less on climate change and more on mental health happening in America. Um, now, of course, any trip across the Atlantic for William is always going to feel a little bit like he's treading on Harry's toes, um, and doubly so if it's about mental health, because Harry has been so outspoken on that subject. It's been so much of what they've done since they arrived in America. It's also interesting, though, because there are debates in Britain and overseas at the moment about the fact that Charles is yet to visit a number of the countries where he's king. So he's not just king of Britain, he's king of 15 countries around the world, including Britain. So he's been, his overseas tours so far, he's been to France and Germany, which are big kind of targets for British diplomacy, political targets for Britain. William's been to America twice and is going to Singapore. But since succession, since the crown passed from um, Queen Elizabeth II to Charles, neither of them has been to any of the other 14 countries outside Britain around the world that count the British monarch as their king. These are countries that they're known as Commonwealth realms, which is different from Commonwealth member states. There are about something like 54 Commonwealth countries. The Commonwealth realms are specifically ones that count Charles as their king. So if William is planning big things for America and his targets for Earthshot are more about the biggest players in the world of business, which is what America and Singapore are, then perhaps the Commonwealth realms have shifted down the pecking order a little bit and there's maybe a new worldview in the monarchy. You know, a worldview that perhaps, dare I say it, may even be uh, starting to accept the reality that a bunch of the Commonwealth realms may be possibly going to leave and remove Charles as king. Now, obviously, that is quite a long journey from <laughs> Prince William submitting a patent application in America. But it does, it, honestly, it does sound like he might have a few more things planned for the US, which is going to be really interesting to see and what specifically he targets and whether it does, you know, cause tension between him and Harry because he's going to be right on Harry's doorstep. Boston was at least a place that Harry and Meghan haven't really shown a huge amount of interest in. But New York has been the place they've actually visited more than anywhere else. They've been several times and actually, in a way, I kind of feel like they've been seen out and about at major high-profile public events where their presence has been advertised in advance more in New York than they have in L.A., which is quite, I've always been fascinated by. I still can't get my head around why that is, whether maybe they feel like the LA paparazzi are too kind of feral and uh, the atmosphere with the paps is too charged in LA, perhaps, but then they had some trouble in New York too, so I really don't know. Um, but it's all going to be fascinating to watch how it plays out. And that's it for this episode of The Royal Report. Be sure to join me every week when I visit the latest royal headlines, embark on some royal deep dives, and riff on all things royal. Until next time, I'm Jack Royston. Thanks for listening, everyone, and a curtsy to you all. <laughs>